Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weirdly Cosmic podcast. I am Louise Eddington, the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology. And um, I'm here today to talk about the Aries full moon that's um, coming up. Um, but first, before I do, I want to say I am the author of three books. My first book was Modern Astrology. This one takes you through um, some exercises to help you embody the signs and the planets, etc. This is my best-selling book, The Complete Guide to Astrology, um, Understanding Yourself, Your Signs and Your Birth Chart. And this is my latest book, The Complete Guide to Tarot and Astrology. And I've just um, been told that um, I, I published a, an excerpt from the book with a, a, with a bit of a tarot reading showing how you would use tarot or read the tarot through the lens of the astrology. And I published it for the Cosmic um, Intelligence Agency's um, Time Lords magazine. Very Doctor Who-y there, uh, which I love because I love Doctor Who. And um, I've just been told that the excerpt that was printed in Time Launch magazine is going to be published on AstroDienst or Astro.com, uh, which kind of makes me feel very famous. So, yay. <laughs> oh, so also, before I dive in, please subscribe to my channel and um, give me a thumbs up, maybe hit the little bell to get to know, to, so you get notified when I upload new videos. I'm, I'm going to also be recording um, an episode. We're going to record it on the 6th, I think, October the 6th, um, with Mandy Ray Trott, who is ex, who's from Ecstatic Astrology. She's a friend of mine, and we both volunteer for OPA, the Organization of Professional Astrology, helping with their social media. Anyway, we've both got an interest in the upcoming Mars retrograde, and we've both been studying a similar area of it. So we decided to get together and talk about this Mars retrograde in Gemini that's turning retrograde at the end of October and will be retrograde completely in the sign of Gemini for the first time since 1943 and 1944. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. Um, but this time I am going to be talking about, oh, I'm also interviewing Ariel Gutman, but that's not till October the 18th. So I'm going to talk about the um, full moon that's on October the 9th, 2022. But before I do, I pulled a card for this full moon. Now, I will say it's not exactly the most joyous card. And I do think that life is a lot right now. And I'll kind of talk about it in the astrology. But as I record this, um, it's September the 26th. We've just had a Libra new moon at two degrees Libra. And, um, and Venus and Mercury are combust the sun officially, even though apparently some locations are still just seeing Venus as morning star before she completely disappears behind the sun. So as I record this, Mercury's retrograde and Mercury is between the earth and the sun and Venus is the um, other side of the sun. So we're, they're all a, 
pretty much in line right now. They're all very much close together from our perspective. And what that means is that there's a lot of burnout energy. I, I've heard people using the term depleted, burned out. I feel quite burned out over a few things too. Um, so if you do know that it's common because we're doing a lot of internal growth and change and we are moving into a major shift globally because when Venus and the Sun meet on October the 22nd we're going to have the first Libra Venus star point since 1879 and and that is going to shift things radically so you might want to join me for the episode where I speak to Ariel Gutman about that because she is my mentor and teacher with the Venus star point work I am actually certified um, to teach her work so we're going to talk about it but the card I pulled for the um, Aries um, full moon is the uh, strength card, the nine of wands, which is a fire, fire element. And we have an Aries full moon, which is the fire element. But I pulled this reversed, okay? And this, this says it's defensiveness, pointless struggle, uncomprom uncompromising attitude and stubbornness, okay? So, it, it's like really you can't see the way forward if you like if it was this way this would be persistence and determination to keep carrying on the nine of wands uh, and resilience but here we're feeling with it reversed you know that our energy is depleted so this is very much fitting the energy of this time and um, and I will talk about that more as we uh, move through um, through all of this. Um, one other thing I do want to say is that I have closed captioning turned on. So if you want to look at the closed captioning, you can. Um, my wonderful assistant Megan is also transcribing the closed captioning, and is we missed a couple because she got COVID, but. And she was quite sick, but she's out, she's recovering now. Uh, my poor, lovely support angel. She's wonderful. Anyway, um, she is trans. She is editing the transcription um, from the closed captions because the closed caption doesn't um, read out the astrological words uh, very well, <laughs> very clearly. It kind of mangles a lot of words. And wonderful Megan is listening through and um, editing the transcripts and providing a link to a document that you can download and read if you want to read the transcript of my podcast. So that's a wonderful addition to um, what I do, in my opinion. So let's have a look at the astro ast ast astrology chart and I'll talk a little bit more about why I think it's quite cha a challenging time. Well as I said I'm, reco I'm recording this on September the 26th and by October the 9th when, um, when we have this Aries full moon Mercury is turning direct on October the 2nd Vesta is turning direct over in Aquarius um, on October the 5th. 
uh, Pluto is turning direct on October the 8th. So this is this full moon is pretty much on the Pluto station. So I'll talk more about that. And we also have Chariclo, uh, the space holder for healing, the grace spinner, Chiron's wife. She is um, slowing down to station direct. She'll be stationing direct on October the 14th, just five days after this uh, lunation. Also on the way after this full moon, um, we do, um, right after this, the moon will move into Taurus and bring us another occultation or eclipse of Uranus. So th throughout this year, we've had occultations of Uranus. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> there we go. On, um, we had them right throughout the year, nearly every month, I'm going to say. I think August we skipped, but um, Uranus has been a major player in this month and is really loosely um, in conjunct this uh, full moon. So I'll talk more about that when, um, when it comes to the actual astrology of the full moon. But the full moon, a full moon is an opposition. And so we have the moon in Aries. This is why it's an Aries full moon in Libra season, but it's when we usually speak of the full moon as the sign that the moon is in. And it's conjunct Chiron. Okay, and the sun is in Libra and conjunct Venus. So Venus and Chiron are almost exactly opposing each other. So this is a very tight opposition and I'll talk more about what that means. But also it's um, making a T-square to Pallas Athena, particularly in Cancer and also the mean calculation of Black Moon Lilith over here in Cancer to form a cardinal T-square. And cardinal signs are initiating signs. And when we have a T-square like this, we often look to what's called the empty leg, which is Capricorn, to kind of see the resolution. And that's Capricorn, which is achievement, growth, and the structures we live under. But I'll talk more about that also in a minute. A couple of other things I will be talking about. We have Venus is at 13 Libra and is in a quincunx to the north node in Venus ruled Taurus and also is in a quincunx to Nessus, uh, which is another of the centaurs and um, where the, the book stops here. So we've got this sextile between Nessus and the Venus ruled north node saying that um, we the North Node is, is pulling us towards sustainability and, and strong core values and Venus rules this all of this energy. So I'll talk more about what that means in a minute. I don't want to get off in the weeds, but I do want to mention that Venus and uh, the nodes are at 13 degrees, which is the number of the goddess. And so uh, I, I want to point out, and I'm going to point some arrows, that really, um, I'm going to call it a yod, even though um, I don't know if we normally use the nodes for a, a yod, but I'm going to say that this is. We have a, a yod pointing at Venus and the sun, and, um, and it's kind of a boomerang yod because of the moon and Chiron over here. 
So we've got this big dance between all these energies that I will talk about in the call. A couple of other things um, I, I think are really um, worth briefly mentioning are that we have series. A series will have moved into Virgo. Um, there's a little bit of an argument in uh, the astrological world about what sign series rules. I don't know if I want to give her an exact rulership, though um, dwarf planet series I do count as a very significant body now. In fact, I see her as almost the missing personal planet of the kind of great mother archetype. Um, but um, anyway, <laughs> she I think she rules Earth signs. I think she's connected to Taurus, where she was discovered. And she was discovered in the sign of Taurus. I think um, with being the goddess of the grain, she's very connected to Virgo as well. And I think there's also an argument for Capricorn, but um, I'm not going to go into that now. I am going to do a masterclass on Ceres at some point. But she's at four degrees. Pholus is at four Capricorn. That's taking the lid off what's wrong in the structures of our Earth. Okay. And um, also uh, Chariclo, Chiron's wife, is at four degrees and about station direct, so very strong, in a quincunx to this. It's my belief that these centaurs um, are here to um, invite us to, um, my rumbas just started. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just going to turn, pause it. Um, it's my belief that the centaurs are really here to show us um, the way to heal our issues. Whether we'll listen or not is another matter, but I'll come back to them as well. So a little look at the numbers. So it's uh, this is 16 degrees. So we're going to look at 16, which is a seven, and also it's 13 degrees with the Venus I want to mention as well, with the number of the goddess, because Venus is at the same degree as, uh, or the same number degree as the nodes, and the nodes are at a standstill because we're entering eclipse season. So, but this is also a 9, 10, 16 day. Okay, so we've got 10 months, which is a one plus nine on the ninth. And it's pretty much the ninth most places in the world. Sorry, Australia and so on. And it's a six year. So that's 16. So we've got 16 degree full moon on a 16 universal day. So let's start with that. 16. 16 is... Um, is a number that's outspoken, strong-willed, analytical, um, and about research and study. And this is about needing to keep your feet on the path of higher learning and about cultivating personal willpower, independence, and the initiative action. Um, 16 denotes that many will experience trials and defeats throughout their lives. And, and this to me indicates this toughness we're in right now. Um, you know, it, it 16 brings in the single number of seven with, with its energies of obligation and responsibility to listen to the inner voice, 
which will always warn us of danger throughout our dreams and strong intuition. So it's it's a very powerful, well, I think a lot of numbers are powerful, but I think the key to this being a 16-7 on a 16 day, and we'll, we'll see this when we come to look at the symbols, is that it's very strong-willed and we're, we're invited to uh, really to uh, tap into our strong will strength card, okay? Even though we feel depleted to tap into this upright, to tap into our core strength and to uh, really have some courage. And, and that makes sense really, because Aries is a very courageous sign and we've got this full moon in Aries. So the so 16-7 itself is, is, is you know, it's not a, a light and fluffy number, all right. It may, it does bring its challenges. It does kind of bring its tests and its kind of wounds, if you like, but it's, it's a very tough and strong-willed number, as I say. So we want to remember that. The other number that we've got here is the 13, and 13 is a number of upheaval so that new ground can be broken. Um, 13 um, is a, a powerful number. It's a number of the goddess and the witch. If, if this power is used for selfish purposes, it can bring destruction of the self and bring dis-ease and illness. But um, adapting to change gracefully will bring out strength of the 13 vibration and decrease any potential for the negative. This is hard working, traditional and, and organizing. It's also associated with, with genius, um, but it can be very vulnerable, the 13. Um, very like the divine feminine, really. You know, the 13 is very much about um, the, the number of the goddess okay and that goes down to a four and four numerology is a very stable number um sorry i meant to have that up already four is practicality organization exactitude devotion um inner wisdom okay so do you get the idea that this is not a light and fluffy full moon? Okay. Everybody always goes, oh, Libra season, Libra seasons, party, sociable, things like that. Well, there is an element of that. But this Libra season that we're in now, we've got, um, as I record this on, on September the 26th, we've got um, Mercury, Retrograde and Venus together under the beams of the sun, combust the sun, we're really kind of being burned out literally with Mercury and Venus being our most personal planets. By the time of the full moon, Mercury has turned direct just before this, Mercury turned direct five, no, seven, seven, a week before this full moon, but it's not really up to speed fully yet. Mercury will turn um, direct at Oh gosh, I can't remember the degree. Bear with me one second. <laughs> I've always got these things to hand, but Mercury will turn direct at 24 Virgo on October the 2nd. By the time of this uh, full moon, Mercury has moved back to 28 degrees and is on his way 
um, to follow the sun again. But he's not combust anymore. But Venus, Venus is still combust, is now only three and a half degrees away from the sun. And they are just days away from this first Venus star point um, since 1879, which is such a huge shift. I cannot tell you. And with Venus being our relationships, our values, and Venus in Libra being very much about justice and balance and harmony, we are kind of being burned out in our attempts to, um, to achieve that. Now the moon is in Aries, which is very um, self-motivated. It's very much about I am my identity. It's very much about passion, drive, will, action. But the moon is conjunct Chiron and Chiron is bringing up our identity wounds. As our globe, world, cosmos, whatever you want to call it, is changing and growing, our identities are shifting. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, it's, um, I'm kind of the same person, but I'm also not. My values of over the past, uh, particularly almost three years have been shifting and changing dramatically. And I'm really feeling this as we approach the eclipse season. And I think you probably are too. This is the first the last, sorry, the last full moon before we have the eclipses. The, the first eclipse is on October the 25th, three days after that Venus star point. So this um, this full moon is really in the eclipse window. Oh, excuse the dog sneezing. We have, <laughs> we have uh, you know, two major eclipses. We have planet stationing. Um, we have directions changing. We have new star points, which I can I can't tell you how big a shift that is. We also have, you know, in the USA, we have the US Pluto return happening. Uh, but at this point, we are really in the kind of crux of this change into a new age, a new paradigm. It's been happening for a while. We had the Jupiter Saturn great conjunction which is also the great mutation that was on December the 21st 2020 at zero Aquarius taking us into 200 years of great conjunctions every 20 years in air so Saturn and Jupiter meet every 20 years and they're going to meet in air signs for 200 years we also have the Venus star point coming in Libra and so this is the same star point that happened um, on October the 22nd, 1771. We're back at that place, although other planets are all in the same place. And for just over a hundred years, we'll have Venus star points in the sign of Libra, which is also air. So we've got Aquarius, um, the, or the great conjunctions starting in air for 200 years and a Venus star point in Libra in air coming in. So we're moving into a renaissance. You know, really, if you think about it, air signs are ideas and innovation and so on and so forth. We are moving into a renaissance, but we're not there yet. And we are in this time of change 
and we are kind of cooking inside all of this. So it's not easy. So this full moon, with it being, with Venus being combust the sun, our values, we are kind of burning off values that, um, I mean, core values are core values, but I think core values can shift over time, to be quite honest. Um, it's said that they can't, but I, I believe they can. I think my core values have, have shifted and gradually changed over time. And, um, and I think that with Venus being combust the sun, what you think about justice, balance and harmony may have shifted over time as well. And about mediation and all these Libran things. And here is Venus right there with the sun. And Venus is opposing Chiron, so it's bringing up all our identity wounds. And the moon is there saying, we can heal these, but we have to start listening and we have to start um, listening to the other, which is very Libra, very mediating, very uh, diplomatic kind of thing. Then we've got the T-square to um, Pallas Athena, the owl. The, the uh, creative intelligence, but she's in cancer, the sign of the home, the sign of the family, the sign of self-care and self-love. And she's the strategist and she's giving us ideas about how we can heal and how we can move forward. But even though this is an initiating sign and this is a full moon that's taking us right into the eclipse season, what's that empty leg? for that T-square. We've got, uh, that would be in Capricorn. We are building new structures for our life. We are building a new, um, you know, what we want now is different to all these earth energies that we've been living under for a couple of hundred years or so, where it was all about material wealth and, um, and accumulation of stuff and things. We are moving away from that into this kind of freer, more um, idea-based thing where we really get down to what really has meaning and what matters, all right? Oh, and then we have Mars. Mars rules Aries. <laughs> Mars rules this, new, this moon, um, this full moon. And Mars is um, just... Uh, he's in Gemini by the time of this full moon he's at 22 Gemini he will be turning retrograde on October the 30th at 25 Gemini so he's less than three degrees from his station point he, we're not feeling the retrograde yet but we are starting to we're covering we've been covering the ground this is it what I would call his pre-shadow so we're not we're not feeling the retrograde yet, but where we are now is going to be covered again and again. So what's coming up on this full moon? We're going to be going over it right through into 2023 because Mars um, will not turn direct until into the new year. Then we've got the goddess number, the 13, and uh, the nodes are at 13 degrees, which is where they'll sit during eclipse season. I use the true calculation of the nodes, which um, tends to kind of shift back and forth a little bit. But um, so it goes retrograde and direct, but they move fairly quickly. Um, but during the eclipse season, the nodes 
appear to stand, appear to stand still for weeks and weeks and weeks. And these nodes are going to be at 13 degrees. This number of the um, divine feminine or the goddess or the witch and uh, with Venus at this at, on, on this full moon. I just, I've been saying it for a long time, but uh, what, for want of a better word, what we're going to call it, the divine feminine is rising. But that's in all of it we are realizing that we cannot have yin without yang, that we cannot have day without night, that we have to move into a, a more diffuse space and that, you know, um, men, this is not so much about men and women, but it's about the masculine and feminine within all of us. Men have to be allowed to have their soft and display their softness and their feminine side. And the women have to be able to display their, tougher more masculine side on occasion we've all got it all within us no matter what our gender and then we've got this north node in taurus as i said which is very much about sustainability strong core values connection with the earth and then nessus remember these two are at um on this finger of fate, this finger of God. Nessus in Pisces has been saying, um, look, the buck stops here. This is the collective unconscious. This is our interconnectedness with all that is. We have to remember that. And Chiron with that Aries moon is kind of saying that this rugged individual individualism, this me, 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 sovereignty has got to be softened and healed. We cannot have in, we are not, no man is an island. That's what I'm trying to say, or no person is an island. We have to work together. We have to come together to bring the healing. And we also have to bring that healing together within ourselves. You know, we have this masculine and feminine within each of us. In different, um, in different, slightly different amounts. You know, some people have more kind of um, yang, masculine, go get them energy type A stuff. And some people are very soft, very receptive. And most people are very much in between. And I think we have to remember that nothing is this way and this way is this continuum and we're all on it. Now then, I did mention as well, though, that Pluto is stationing direct the day before this full moon. Now, Pluto and the outer planets like Uranus, Neptune and, and, and some of the newly discovered dwarf planets, they go retrograde every year. They are not the same kind of retrograde as Mercury retrograde, which feels very immediate where we feel it more for this short period of time and things go a little bit wonky and people appear and things like that. These bigger planets or bigger cycles, sorry, not bigger planets, they're not bigger planets, but uh, these outer planets, the slower moving planets with the slower cycles, when we feel it is when from our perspective, they appear to change direction. And this full moon, Pluto, the god of death and rebirth, is moving and digging in. This is the last retrograde in, 
with Pluto before uh, that's fully in Capricorn before Pluto moves into Aquarius. So Pluto is going to move into Aquarius on March the 23rd, 2023, for the first time. Pluto will retrograde back into Capricorn and then back into Aquarius um, and uh, before he's fully in Aquarius. But this is the last time that Pluto is stationing direct after a retrograde that's been completely in Capricorn. Since 2008, we've had Pluto and Capricorn. But here's Pluto. Every time Pluto digs in and stations retrograde or stations direct, a tide turns. Now, if you think about Pluto, he's uh, been revealing the detritus in our systems, what's not working, um, what structures are not on solid ground. Um, for example, you know, how easy has it been uh, for a certain person to convince um, um, very many people that um, our elections are uh, all fraudulent in the US? Um, also, he just, how easy was it to shift the balance of the Supreme Court? How easy was it that gentlemen's agreements, so so and so on and so forth, could be picked holes in things that were not very clearly written down or clearly made law, because people just just can't just it's not what was done before. These things have been uh, revealed in a big way. Now, also in your own life, you know, with Pluto going through the structures of your own life. What structures have, have been revealed to not be that solid in your own life? Or even if they're not collapsing fully, where have your values changed around your structures? And what do you desire now? I think back to 2008 when Pluto went into Capricorn. And I, I was looking back and thinking, wow, I started practicing astrology professionally and really started tracking the cycles currently in 2012 okay so it's been 10 years now and um so Pluto was, has been in Capricorn that whole time but I look back to um the time around when I started becoming a professional astrologer and the time before when I was doing some other work and um I was in kind of the coaching world and we were always taught to you know dream break you know, go you buy a program that promises you six figures in 60 days and uh, more money, more house, bigger house, buy this, buy that. But, you know, don't buy off the sale rack. This was the common language that was given to us then. And gradually over this time, my values, my soul desire, which is very Pluto, has, has realized that I don't really want all that. I want, you know, a simpler life. I want the smaller house that's easier to clean. I want this. I don't want a massive house with housekeepers and cleaners and this, that and the other. Um, I'm not exactly downsized, but many have. If you think about it, the tiny home movement has grown in all this time. People want more uh, sustainable structures, structures that are easier to manage. Um, it's not about more, more, more. It's about enjoying what you have. 
And, um, and this is the same with the structures, all structures of your life, not just the house that you own. You know, uh, you may have simplified your investments sim if you've got investments, sim uh, simplified your bank, found a good uh, savings account with a better interest rate to ferry a bit, ferret a bit away. Um, what's another thing I've joined? Oh, things like Acorns, the app that um, I have on my phone where I transfer a small amount in every month and um, I round up all my credit card purchases and the roundups all go into Acorns and it's from little Acorns, oak, oak trees grow. Things like that have sprung up with Pluto and Capricorn. It's, it's quite astounding when you look at the, all these kind of structures of, of your life. Just look about, think, think what's changed, think what's grown, think what was revealed that wasn't working, think about your desires in those areas. This Pluto station on this full moon is really going to ask us to dig, dig deep. Now, Pluto and Venus are very similar in nature. I know many astrologers would say that Neptune is the higher octave, octave of Venus. And in some respects, they are both about love. But Venus, Venus is a complex planet. Venus is love, but she's also desire. She's earthly desire. And Pluto is soul desire. So, uh, and they, you could say they're Persephone and Hades in many ways. In fact, I think they are. So they are really kind of lovers and married. And, um, and it, this is about desire. And uh, I'm thinking of what's her name, it's the desire map. But anyway, <laughs> this full moon is really thinking about what you desire, um, how to heal uh, the part of you that has always been me, 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 me first, me first, me first, and just thinking like you have to go, that you have to be like a human doing rather than a human being and move into a more aligned place. But we're not there yet. We're on the way. And, and this, this, this full moon is going to give us a few strategies, a few ideas. Black moon Lilith is conjunct Pallas Athena in Cancer. We may be um, healing some uh, past shame so, or where we've been shamed and things around putting ourselves first, but in a healthy way. So there's a difference between me, 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 selfish, I come first, screw you, to, to self-love and self-care that fills your cup so you are better able to help others. I think there's a real balance on that that's being invited to be looked at on this full moon. Okay. Whoa, I kind of went on and on and on then. A couple of other things of note about this is this series and, and Folus and Chariclo, all at four degrees. Um, series is in trying to Folus and Folus has been helping Pluto actually lift the lid off the institutions. Um, Folus joined Pluto later and, and he's been saying, all right, let's show, let's take this Pandora's box lid off and show 
where these institutions and structures of our society just don't work anymore. But um, Ceres is uh, kind of coming, bringing in the healing and the grief and forgiveness and saying, I can help you become whole again. Okay, and uh, Ceres, if you remember, she uh, stopped the harvest when, uh, well, she's Demeter in the Greek myth, when her daughter was kidnapped or ran off with Hades. So there's that Persephone Hades story again that we keep getting. But Ceres has been showing us um, how we are not nurturing each other, ourselves and the earth. And in Virgo, she's helping us to become whole again. Um, so I'm looking forward to her being in Virgo. But she's also Quincunx's um, character, Grace Spinner, spinning a new story um, in Aquarius for the future, spinning a new web, a new story, a new way of being on this earth. So I, I love that those three are working together. All in all, you know, it's not the easiest full moon. A full moon is in opposition. We know it's heightened energy already. But with this Venus Chiron opposition, with Venus being combust, our all our values, all our identities are um, both being um, challenged, um, any kind of identity, core identity wounds we have are going to be up in our face with the light shining the massive big light on. But remember, Chiron is a shaman and the key to healing also. Now, the, the symbols are really interesting. But before I read the symbols, I would like to ask you again to, um, to uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen, or if you're watching on iTunes, uh, on YouTube, I would uh, love to invite you to go to iTunes and go to iTunes um, with, if you just Google, um, or if you Google podcasts, weirdly cosmic podcast and find the iTunes podcast, you can leave a review there, preferably a written one, hopefully five stars. More reviews, the better, and the more visible my podcast gets. So I'd love if you would leave me a review, that would be awesome. But most of all, subscribe to my YouTube channel, hit that little bell, and maybe even share it if you like. So the Sabian symbol, the symbols are so similar this time. The Sabian symbol for this full moon, which is so big, but is so internal with Venus being combust the sun and with Chiron being combust the moon, uh, being conjunct the moon, sorry, is um, two dignified spinsters sitting in silence. The ability to transform a natural lack of potency into poise and inner serenity. In our culture, the spinster represents the woman who has been unable to meet or accept the vitalizing power of love and organic fulfillment through biological polarization. Yet the symbol depicts two spinsters, emphasizing that refusing the natural expression of bipolar love has produced a special kind of dualism of experience. This is Dane Rudyard. The two women are silent because this dualism has um, a narcissistic character. 
life has turned inward, seeing itself in a self-created mirroring. We have here the result of a negative inward approach to potency. The ascetic or saint also turns inwards, but he accepts a higher non-biological type of polarization, man and God. Just as the activity of nature has a compulsive character, so the resistance of the spinster to biological fulfillment is also compulsive. Hmm. I am not sure about that interpretation. So let me talk about it myself. So two digni dignified spinsters sitting in silence and he says it's inward withdrawal. I kind of think it's, uh, they're dignified, okay? They are dignified. They are women unto themselves and forget the gender thing. They are people who are under them, uh, um, who are, whole unto themselves they are dignified they are not um they're just peaceful poise and inner serenity okay i don't think there's a lack of potency hmm. i kind of think that's a bit of a, a male interpretation there of um of the word spinster so sorry mr um <laughs> Um, sorry for, for that, um, Dane Rudyard. I actually do not like his interpretation. Okay. So I just want to look at um, um, No, I'm going to let you think about what you mean about it yourselves. But I am going to say, because this is an opposition, because this is Chiron and the moon staring Venus and the sun straight in the face on that me, 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 we, we, we axis. This is about looking at ourselves. So this is the, the two spinsters sitting together in silence. This could be the two halves of ourselves. All right and to divorce ourselves from everyday living, um, to uh, just, to, to really deepen our self-knowledge, okay? Yeah, I'm not too happy about that. Um, <laughs> anyway, you get the sprint, the actual, um, the actual um, two dignified spinsters sitting in silence, okay? I prefer the Chandra symbols. And here we have a bodiless head asleep on the beach. Whoa. Mm. Cast into exile, sworn to silence, held to an ancient code to be a watcher, a perfect witness to the inward reverberation of all things. Outward events and experiences are gone, mean nothing here. All that counts is to sense into things, to remember the essence and to know the forgotten worlds. It's a lonely vigil, a strange destiny with a piquant flavor of sorrow mixed with exaltation. What others are happy with is far out of reach, unimaginable. I would say what we think others are happy with because we don't know really. 
Yet what so many others miss and are put off from was here vividly, vibrantly indwelled every moment, which sweetens the bitter cup and allows the greater task to be taken up with a surrendered will and a quiet inner repose. Oh, so basically, we are kind of writing a new story of the self. We are really kind of thinking, we are sworn into silence, we are going quiet, we are sitting in this silence on this full moon, looking at our inner selves and really kind of thinking, how can we heal and how can we move forward and write this new story based on what we really deeply desire? It's a power, it's a big full moon. It's it's kind of um, not, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. I think we are feeling the energies of the eclipses already. We've got all these other things coming, like I've talked about. Um, the end of October is going to be off the charts and the beginning of November. And then we've got um, Mars retrograde. <laughs> so look for the video on that one. Um, but I do kind of see this as a, a lot of cycles are ending, which means new cycles are beginning. I really do think we are moving into the new paradigm now. But for this full moon um, on a Pluto station with other things starting to move direct, Mercury move direct, Vesta, Chariclo, or both moving direct as well we are really starting to feel the change coming in. It's been strange with all these retrogrades. A lot of people are burned out, which is so having personal planets combust the sun. You just feel depleted, burned out. Uh, be kind to yourself. Lots of self-love with that cancer, Libra and things and nurture identity. Only you can do it. Nobody else can fix you. Um, there we go. So happy full moon. <laughs> and I'll be back in two weeks with the um, podcast episode for the first eclipse that is going to be on October the 25th. So you want to watch out for that. All right. So for now, peace out from Louise and um, go and do lots of self-care. Lots of self-love. My self-care is walks, long, nice long Epsom salt baths. Going to the gym is my self-care, believe it or not. <laughs> and naps. And I'm going to have a nap now. See you later. Much love.